This is Inspiring Design, where unique innovators come together to share their knowledge, share their insight, and keep us up to date with the latest industry trends. And here's your host, Rashan Senanayak. What's up, listeners? Welcome to season four of Inspiring Design with Roshan Senanayaka. This is where the best of the best brands, experts, change makers, and thought leaders come together to share their valuable insights, experience, and knowledge, all centered around the growth sector in advanced manufacturing within Industry 4.0, encompassing various industries, technologies, skills, knowledge, trends as well as stakeholders all the while linking it back into education within schools and universities. Today we're going to dive headfirst into a diverse industry where science, design, technology and manufacturing meets to do some amazing things within the amazing world of orthotics. Sitting in front of me right now is one of the brightest minds within the orthotics industry, Dean Hartley. Dean, by practice, is a podiatrist of 15 years and the founder of iOrthotics and now ASX-listed Healthier. Dean oversees the technology direction of Healthier in his key role as the chief technical officer and guides the R&D direction of iOrthotics and Healthier through the newly formed R&D hub. Over the course of seven years, Dean worked with the University of Queensland HP and my food doctor to validate the replacement of polypropylene with other 3D printed polymers to produce custom orthotics. More recently, iOrthotics was successful in receiving a $2.04 million Australian federal government grant for the research into the manufacturing and the use of smart orthotics. He's doing some amazing things and leading the way. So without further ado, let's get straight into it. Hi, Dean. Welcome to Inspiring Design. Can we start off with a little bit of background of yourself? What's your story? Yeah, thanks for having me here, Rishan. Um, look, my background is I'm a podiatrist by degree. I uh, studied in a, in a country town, Albury, Wodonga, um, at Charles Sturt University there, graduated about 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was treated in private practice, had a few podiatry clinics that I owned with a, a business partner of mine early on. Um, and we sort of grew that business in, um, and one of those businesses, a part of the podiatry clinic was actually iOrthotics, which is a manufacturer of custom foot orthotics. Mm-hmm. So podiatrists are uh, commonly prescribing you know, footwear or orthotics devices to go in people's shoes to sort of correct, you know, walk in and gait patterns. And that's sort of, I guess, the how iOrthotics was formed sort of through that sort of uh, journey. Mm-hmm. Um, the business has grown quite a lot to this day. It's sort of uh, now been a part of the uh, healthier group. Um, and um, uh, that uh, healthier group uh, has about 300 locations of uh, physio or podiatry clinics and that around Australia. My role um, in, in now is a chief technology officer of Healthier um, and also a director um, of iOrthotics and I sort of still head up the, the R&D component of iOrthotics. It's been sort of my baby and my passion, I guess, for the last mm. 10 or so years. Yeah, yeah wow. So it, it's, it's one of those industries where obviously we're pretty familiar with all these foot issues that we have. And, and, but the actual work behind the scenes is really interesting and that's one of the things I want to dive more deeply into. It's, it combines design and bio and sciences and manufacturing. So 
marrying all of these industries creates a pretty interesting space. So can you tell us a little bit more about what is that industry all about? Like, is there a particular name or is it an amalgamation of multiple like civil engineering, which, for example, in house, you know, encompasses a lot of different types of engineering? Yeah. What's it about? Give, give us a little bit of high level. Yeah, it's a good point. But like the, I think it's called the orthotics industry is mm-hmm. probably what you would say. So they're, they're the, that's the industry that manufactures you know, typical orthotics. We're talking more about uh, foot orthotics, I guess, from a podiatry space, but we also now make higher up orthotics like ankle foot orthotics and yeah. you know, knee splints and guards and things like that as well. But look, if we just talk about the foot orthotic industry with it, it's quite a small you know, cottage industry, but quite specialized and unique. And mm-hmm. a lot of it's from clinicians you know practicing podiatrists that have gone off to then go i want to specialize in manufacturing or making orthotics so you know to have an engineer or to you know Mm. to have um someone like that with those niche skill sets coming into this industry is not hasn't really been commonly done Mm because it's been very manual it's been very hands-on um skill type work so lots of shaping and grinding and Mm. you know plaster casting and things like that so it's a very unique skill set that would actually be involved in this industry so it wasn't although it's a manufacturing industry it sort of probably wasn't in that space if Mm. that makes sense more of a supply to the to podiatry clinics whereas with technology over the last Oh, let's say 10 years, 15 years ago, that's when all the CAD type technology started to come. Yeah. The CAM technologies come. So instead of everything being manually made by hand, yeah. using plaster, yeah. you know, um, shaping heat forming plastics or foams um, to create these orthotics or devices, now a lot of it's using CAD technologies to do all the design. Mm. 3D scanning can be done on your phone now. Um, and then you uh, implementing. Um, manufacturing techniques like subtractive manufacturing so it might be routing you mm-hmm. know routing a piece of plastic out of a, um, a bigger block 3d printing now that's something that we've really strongly pioneered in this whole industry over the last probably five or six years yeah um, and even then software development as well to allow us to do all this yeah so yeah it's made our industry go from I guess just being very, very niche and just relying on just a skilled technician, yeah. you know, a clinician to now going, actually, you know what? I need that I need that engin- engineer skill <laughs> yeah. set. I need that application development skill set, the CAD skill set. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, it's changed quite a bit. So, yeah. Do you expect your technicians or manufacturers to have a level of science understanding, especially understanding their biology behind the actual mechanics of a Ford, the engineer, or do you mainly rely that from the physio or the um, podiatrist? That's a, that's a good point. Like, I think we we actually try and train. Um, so we have a oh, I'm a podiatrist. The, the general manager of Iothotic Scott is um, a podiatrist as well of 20 mm-hmm. plus years experience. And we have a few other podiatrists or clinicians around the business. And we yeah. really instill into it all our staff here. So we like to do just sort of in-house training. So it's not just make mm. that bit of plastic you know it's like why are we doing this so because they commonly are dealing with prescriptions for patients Mm. that have been designed from a podiatrist or a clinician and there's always that well why do i do this for it so Mm. you sort of need to have the why and that around it otherwise it just becomes very probably robotic and yeah um yeah you're treating people at the end of the day and patients so 100 and obviously coming from a design background myself i obviously when there's a purpose behind what you're doing and obviously the more you know the site or the product or the end user in mind it becomes more custom and you actually do a better better job overall so it would make sense and so one of the things i want to kind of understand is if you take you mentioned that it was a skilled technician before all the technology came about. Yeah. How long are we talking about? Like, when are there still people doing 
hand crafting yeah, absolutely. in Australia? Yeah, there is. Um, there's a few labs that, re- um, that just sort of specialise in just doing that sort of still handcrafted one. Mm. Um, but, you know, a lot of the a lot of the probably labs here in Australia, orthotic labs we call them here in Australia and overseas have really moved to a, a CAD cam, a digital type of process, a somewhat digital process with it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, there's still a few out there that do it the very sort of manual old school, I guess, way with mm-hmm. it. We sort of embrace, we've always embraced technology in our clinics, but also in this manufacturing process for reasons. Um, it's not just about improving the manufacturing process, but it's um, actually about getting, you know, be able to create a wider range of devices. Yeah. Um, you know, using CAD to upskill our designers and our technicians so it's not just relied on one person that mm. can do one job and if True. that person goes on holidays, then you just close the Everything. business <laughs> and wait till they get back. So yeah. it's about being trying to build out a whole new system and we sort of call it a digital workflow um, so that we can train multiple people, multiple areas and then upskill and train our business. Because yeah. the reality is you just can't get enough of those skilled technicians if you're just doing those handcrafted orthotics. Mm. Um, it takes a lot of time to do, you know, a, a skilled technician might be able to create you know, 10 pairs or so a day, you know, mm. if they're really efficient. Yeah. Um, whereas using digital processes, we can have one technician that could oversee maybe 30 or 40 pairs a day. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it gives that ability to sort of scale up. Yeah, and obviously while you were giving me a little bit of a tour of your facilities here, which is absolutely incredible, by the way, what kind of numbers you shared some production factual facts about how much you you guys actually achieve in a in a week or a month yeah what does that look like would you like to share some yeah we um so i think uh, we sort of normally talk probably more in annual sort of numbers but we make about 30 to thirty-five thousand pairs of custom made foot orthotics here a year with mm. it so every pair every side of that pair so left and a right yeah. is individually made it's yeah. individually designed um, it's individually in that finished as well. Um, so, but we do a lot of other parts. We actually make orthotics for, because um, we specialize in 3D printing, we actually 3D print parts for other orthotic manufacturers where we just do the shell component yep. and then they do their finishing and everything on their end. Wow. Um, we've actually just, I guess, randomly um, expanded out a bit more into sort of more engineering parts um, or even, even hobbyist manufacturing. So people can mm. log onto our website and actually just upload a, STL file and get it 3D printed. We've got some oh, pretty cool. cool printers here. So yeah. Yeah. people are sort of using that. Um, so there's lots of other different sort of areas or, or different other, um, I guess, products that we now make as well, rather than just the standard custom foot orthotics like we used to do. Yeah, and obviously it's evident that it's the implementation of tech into your industry that's allowed those scalabilities and, and then the different types of applications now you're doing. Yeah. Where do you think it's going to take you guys in the next, you know, 20 20 to 20 30 years what do you think it'll be like yeah it's it's pretty amazing we so we i guess the example of us internally we set up our printing facility in in the u.s about two years ago just before <laughs> covid hit worst possible time <laughs> um, i haven't been able to go back but i'm you know about to book a trip to go back there with it but um yeah. but so they do 3d printing over there and i guess this whole industry 4.0 mm. um is is sort of relevant in that because it's now labeled enabled us to use skill sets here but be able to access a market over there mm. and so that's now enabled us to leverage that so that's where the industry is going it's not just relying on that one technician in you know, the back of Brisbane, you True. know, they can only service so much from there. Yeah. You know, they can't look at that global market really. Mm. Whereas digitizing the workflow and um, leveraging our skill sets, we can. I think where it's going though in industry is um, technology's changed it so much. So 
like we talked about like 3D scanning. So mm. yesteryear, it was always about you take a plaster cast of a patient's uh, foot, you know, to get a shape of that foot to make a you know yeah. custom made pair of orthotics. Um, whereas now you can pick up your, your phone if you're one of the latest sort of generation iPhones, you can get a 3D scan off that. That was, you know, 10 years ago, you were paying a scan of, you know, yeah. paying the yeah, twenty, thirty thousand dollars for a three D scanner to do that for you. Where mm. now everyone's got that technology. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's where it's going. Is this consumer led? Uh, the consumer now has the technology in their hands with it. So how do we sort of leverage that? Mm. Um, people are wanting more custom made devices. You know, they want to put their yeah. branding on their own shoes. You can design your own shoes <laughs> oh, <wow>. nowadays. You <laughs> can. Um, so that sort of customized healthcare yeah. bespoke for that patient is sort of where it's going. So we're trying to embrace embrace that yeah. that's awesome that's yeah. that's really cool because and and i think this is why the capabilities of the human generation it's kind of gone exponential over the last decade alone yeah. so I, I think on that sorry as well hmm. it's, it's where it's going to change it and i'm speaking to the broader is is, is access to healthcare yeah. is changing because of that because um you know if we talk about even um, we go to, uh, yeah, the end of the spectrum might be like some third world countries that don't have any health services or not like we are lucky to have here in Australia mm. where they don't have a podiatrist or a physiotherapist or a doctor that can help them, um, you know, and for us to help maybe, you know, um, potentially more person, countries, yeah. yeah, correct. You, you'd have to physically go, right, I've got to get my podiatrist and send them, put them on a plane over mm. there to physically see that patient. Now with technology, you know, you can do remote teleconferences mm. and I said you can now take scans of people using a phone or an yeah. iPad or something like that. So you're now giving the ability to access healthcare in different ways that just weren't there before. Absolutely. Whereas before it was always just physical yep. contact and interaction. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think COVID context fast forwarded those, those things just because we want to be able to be in the comfort of our own home or office or wherever that little community not have to travel a lot to get specialized equipment and and um, I think help sometimes so you mentioned CAD you mentioned uh, 3d printing laser cutting yep. um, what other tech is involved do you see any use of virtual reality augmented reality robotics drones is that part of this industry absolutely I, I don't know i didn't point it out when we walked downstairs but you, there's in the corner there we have a ur bot set up that's actually doing um so robotics um doing we, we we've got this program in place at the moment internally an r&d project where we're trying to automate as many of the different manufacturing processes as we can just yeah. to reduce that sort of human error, increase the quality control, the throughput, again, gain those efficiencies. So mm -hmm. we have a robot downstairs that we've um, now worked with the University of Queensland very cl closely on is to actually identify different parts because we have a left and a right normally in mm -hmm. our parts so they can actually find them, pair them up together, sort yep. them and actually put them into that manufacturing chain. So we're actually using robotics in different areas of our manufacturing flow now. So yeah, it's, it's going to happen. Absolutely. Awesome. So And it's working alongside of our... You know, technicians. It's not. It's yeah. You know, people always say, "Are oh, you going to replace humans?" Like, no, no, no. It's all about making them more efficient. <laughs> True. So then you can go. Well, they instead of them getting done, I said before, what thirty to forty pairs a day. Maybe they can get fifty pairs done a day. Yeah. When when they can automate some of those processes that they're still having to manually do. So yep. that's what our goal is to is to make our staff and our business as efficient as possible. Yeah, and obviously, I think one of the um, these challenges that people usually assume with automation is job loss and it naturally comes yes because we're going to be automating the existing mundane tasks but yeah. that doesn't mean the human control and the next level of uh, creative thinking or critical problem solving or the human involvement is still there it's just evolving and changing into something new how do you see the value of that 
how do you see the importance of creativity in our context we call it design thinking yeah how, how does that play a role within your context oh it's 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 sort of um it's everything that we're doing in a sense that Okay, I love that. that actually. Everything we're doing, that, that's <laughs> well, perfect. Well, it's, 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 you know, I'm a podiatrist, so, you know, you know, 10, whatever, 12 years ago when we started, I thought it was just, oh, maybe we can manufacture some of these devices internally. Yeah. And I just, I was very, um, you know, I'm tunnel vision because this is how I see the world. <laughs> this is how I see the manufacturing yeah. process happens, how you make a pair of orthotics. Mm. You bring an engineer in. You bring a, um, a data scientist who you know, is looking at all the numbers. You bring a, a CAD engineer or a CAD developer in. Um, you bring an application developer. We have like three sort of um, web application and developers on staff now mm. that are doing our, our web portals and yep. QMS and that. And they look at it all differently. Mm. So they'll they'll challenge our thinking. You know, the clinicians in the business go, hang on, why do you do it like that for? That's... <laughs> That's silly. Like, yeah. that doesn't make sense. Yeah. And you're like, well, it doesn't actually, but that's the way we've always done it. Yeah. So then you then, then they go, well, maybe if you design the part this way, you'd actually be able to increase your efficiency downstairs when you're actually finishing that part. Mm. So it's it's looking at things in so many different angles and lights, um, not just from this clinician's point of view, which is what this industry is all sort of alluding to at the start has yeah. always been looked at. Yeah, I, I love that because that's like actually a true example of, a collaborative environment like multidisciplinary context different points of view actually working towards the same goal because you're in the same place so that's that's great now let's talk education one of the things that i always bring each industry back into is how does this connect with the secondary and the tertiary sectors what are the skills pipeline look like how are our students the future future context of people that might be interested in this industry do you think the school system and the education system is currently aligned? And if so, how? If not, what do you think we should do? <laughs> yeah, good. Point. It's a tough one. <laughs> it is, you know. And um, look, I think I'll start with we've always been um, very open to have you know the the, the secondary schools um, or the tertiary students and that come through, have a look at what we're doing to if whether it's just a. I don't know, pollinate some ideas or, mm. you know, um, to get them thinking in a different light, to see what's actually out there. Why am I learning my, you know, maths and science subjects at school? What's it yeah. actually going to do for me? And it's like, well, this is what it, this is where it goes to. Um, I think, you know, the, like the gateway to industry um, for school. Sorry, that's the program, is it? Yeah. Yes. Gateway for industry. Yep. The schools program, we've always been somewhat involved in that in having quite a few different tours and um, uh, around our facility to help with that. And I, I can see that there's a lot of effort now put into those types of program, which mm. I think is needed. But, I think as a as a um, as an as an Australian sort of economy, you know, we need to invest in those Absolutely. skill sets. You Absolutely. know, we're never going to compete with a you know a, a China in sort of manufacturing raw materials, you know, with it. But what we can compete on is that quality and that mm. skill set, yeah. and that's what we need to really foster. Um, through you know through our tertiary and our secondary educations mm. um, even from primary you know my little daughter uh, my eldest daughter she's nine and she's about to start like a coding workshop I oh, just wow. love it you know just doing things like that that's cool whereas going to school I was yeah you know, I never did anything like that we're lucky to have a computer whereas yeah. now they're actually <laughs> learning to do that so you can see the curriculum from afar is, mm. is starting to change and to yeah. to lend itself so that they come out of school looking to you know to to study these different areas which I think is great. Um, we, we, we feel like we have a bit of responsibility to, to never say no to when students want to come in and have a look around. Um, mm. we, we would, I couldn't, we've probably had a dozen engineering students work within our business over the last two years now doing their like um, commercial placements. So they've got to go on site for um, up to sort of, 
it's 200 or 300 hours of um, a placement as a part of their degree. Right. So we get them to come in and actually they'll work on the printers. They'll you know work downstairs on some different robotic projects. So mm. we really sort of never say no to that because awesome. that's where we see the history. Um, so the future is for us. There you go, guys. So if you're listening, definitely reach out um, from an educational perspective. Dean's the man for the job. What are kind of what are the skill sets that you're looking for? especially from students that are interested in this type of career, this type of learning as their profession, what do you, what do you think are the key skills that are required for their success in this context? Um, in this context, I think there's always, I think problem solving, you know, critical thinking is always the one mm-hmm. because it, we're not just here going, there's, you know, um, one plus one equals two, you yeah. know, you get thrown all these different equations at you each day. And we're, we're I, I think it, it's critical thinking, um, you know, taking that initiative as well um, mm-hmm. with trying to problem solve is a big one and not yeah. just always going, oh, this is the way it's always been done. And that's why you love the guys when they question from their point of view. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I always find it, I, the one of the, I, I might be, might be saying the wrong thing, but I always love when the, you know, the staff will go, we're too busy, we need more <laughs> staff, you know, and it's like, okay, just stop for a second. I hear what you're saying, but yeah. can we just stop and think? Okay, where's the bottlenecks? Where where are we falling down? Well, we we don't have you know we we're in a bottleneck at the machines and that with it. So well, why don't why don't we buy? A, do we need a new machine out there, mm. or do, is there a new efficient way of actually doing this process with yeah. it? So before you sort of come through just with a you know get more staff or invest in this, actually mm. go. Well, how can we improve the process? If we've exhausted everything like that, we just need more bodies or need machinery. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. But is the process itself actually uh, is that being actually, you know, as efficient as what it can be? Absolutely. And I think it's as simple as sometimes taking a step back and looking at things from a bigger picture rather than just jumping into that reactive conclusion. And this is one of the things that keeps coming up in when you're going through that critical thinking, creative problem solving. You can't jump into ideation immediately just because you have a challenge. You've got to take that time to actually yeah. empathize, work through things. And I love that. That's great. Yeah. What's your advice for students if they're interested? Uh, I would just, um, I would say just learn as much as what you can, experience as much as what you can, go and do your work experience. You know, I've ever go through school doing some just random mm. work experience for different places um, when I was in grade 10 or 11 at school um, and just, you know, just experience in different industries and try and sort of find your passion. Yeah. Um, I think it's sometimes hard and that's why I bring it back to my family. I always try to um, uh, support my kids to try just different things, whether mm-hmm. it's a coded workshop or play this different sport or do whatever. You've got to actually just try it and you'll find your passion. Yeah. I think though if you don't, I think your skill set probably lies where your passion is probably. You yep. know, if you're really passionate yeah. about something, you'll because then you'll be motivated to learn more. You'll be lo- motivated to study. Yeah. Um, you know, you'll be excited to go to work in the morning. Um, so That can actually happen, contrary to what social media might say. So, yeah. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> I think if you don't find that, you know, that passion or that, um, you, you know, you sort of, you know, you're barking up the wrong tree, I think. Absolutely. Well. So, you got to find that. So, again, and I think the only way to do that is experience a lot of different things. Yeah. 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 Love so. it. And one of, the, one of our core clientele it's teachers it's one of their in my point of view i think teachers are the most undervalued in australia Absolutely. by far yeah. um, other countries leading education have figured that out and they're treating that context and education in a very different way so i always every single episode make sure that i ask our industry professionals and leaders what advice do you have for the teachers because they're the ones who have to who hold the responsibility of the student and they're the ones who kind of have to 
know the technology and they have to translate it into that you know student's mindset which is not an easy task what's your advice for them <laughs> yes, I, I don't know if i uh yeah i you know i i don't think i've got an authority to say anything but i i guess when i look back at some of the teachers that i had you know through my university days and that is i'd say that just wait like it's a continual learning journey mm. like and the teachers i look back where i thought were maybe a bit whatever you'd say stale or mm, you know mm. the, you know the, the ones that were doing the same you could see them just had their same lecture or and you were able to plan. connect with them yeah and and you want them to it's more that you want them to keep on learning mm-hmm, you know with mm-hmm. it so that they're i think you said it good before Shana, like looking at the new technologies looking at the new industries that are out there because if they know that then they will feed that to the students because the students look up to them with it so they've got to keep learning just as much as what the students beneath them do. Absolutely. Um, especially this game. I mean, we're talking sort of technology, design, like it's, this is changing. This is not, you know, mathematics that's been the same for the last yeah. however many centuries with it. Um, this is evolving you know, every year. Mm. You know, it's a, there's a new iPhone scanner that's come out. There's a new way to sort of um, mm. yeah, manufacture these devices. So they've got to be on top of it. Love it. Absolutely love it. So last but not least, do you have any resources or if anyone's interested in learning about the orthotics industry, where can they go to check out more information? Yeah, probably a good place to start what we do is just to go to the um, iOrthotics website. So iOrthotics, that's a, uh, the letter I and then orthotics.com.au. Um, on there, you'll see there's some few videos there around sort of what we do here as a business. Right. Get, it's got a few videos around t- tools around the site and some of the sort of key areas like sort of technology, sustainability um, that we sort of focus on as a business and that here. So that's a really good place, I think, to start just to see what we do. Yeah. Um, and then that would probably, yeah, push Branch out into the industry. Perfect. That, so. Make sure you guys jump onto the show notes and check out those links directly as well. So, Dean, thank you so much. This is, I know this is a small little conversation to a very big and cool industry but um, I think it gives a very informative high level choice of what it's all about and how people can take those learnings and excitements to the next level but thank you so much for your time no worries thanks for Sean thanks for having me that's it for today's episode now it's time to take action and build on the learnings to get inspired First up, jump on to rashansenanayaka.com forward slash podcast and check out the show notes, links and other relevant learning materials from this amazing episode. Next, if you learned something new today, click that subscribe button and set yourself up to receive live notifications on future episodes as well as more opportunities to learn from our amazing guests, brands and speakers. Last but not least, it's time to have your say. Join the conversation and share your thoughts and feedback on today's episode with a review, all while joining many others with a five-star rating for Inspiring Design with Rashan Senanayaka. Till next time.